Blog Talk Radio. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. You can send messages to the show on Twitter at go for it game, which is G O F O R I T G A N T. Also, you can hit us up on the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by actor and one of the stars of Showtime's new series, Ray Donovan, Pooch Hall. And Pooch is going to give us the lowdown on that new series. I mean, it uh, looks like it's going to be very good. Uh, so, we're going to talk to Pooch about that. Also, Expected to be joined by free agent running back Robert Hughes, and Robert is preparing for a big time charity event. And also, Robert is, you know, looking to land with a team. So we're going to talk to Robert about those things, and also we're going to talk to Robert about the NBA Finals. Also, Showtime Eric Young will be joining us, and uh, Showtime Eric Young is going to be talking about his new his uh his show. It's not new, second season for this show, Off the Hook Extreme Catches. So we're going to talk to Showtime Eric Young about that. So great show lined up for you today. I want to start now in the NBA with the NBA Finals. And we all saw game number four, and we all saw, wow, the way of Wade. I mean, Dwayne Wade, we saw him finally get back to playing and being the Dwayne Wade we all know, we all love. I mean, that Dwayne Wade that we saw the other night, was off. I mean, he was just doing any and everything. He's getting to the hole, shooting those jump shots. I mean, he just looked like a totally different guy. I mean, just you know, you didn't see this in Dwayne Wade the first three games, but you did see it in this particular ball game. I mean, you look at the first three games of the series, Dwayne Wade was only averaging 14 points a game. 14 points a game. That's it. That's all he was averaging, 14 points a game. So, in a lot of ways, he wasn't a big-time factor. You look at the big three as a whole. I mean, LeBron was averaging 16. He scored 33 the other night. Dwayne Wade, of course, averaging 14. He scored 32 the other night. Chris Bosh, averaging 12 points. He scores 20 the other night. So, combined, the big three in this series have has averaged – Around 43 points per game. Average 43 points a game. So they nearly doubled that in game number five. They doubled it. They nearly doubled it. Actually, they did double it. I need to go back to school and get my math right, but they actually did double their output. They doubled it. And... I look at, I, coming into this series, I had the Spurs 
winning in six. I don't think I'm changing from that. I had the Spurs winning in six, and one of the reasons I had the Spurs winning in six was because the way of Wade. I didn't expect Dwayne Wade to be on any level healthy. I didn't expect Dwayne Wade to contribute big time. I expected the Dwayne Wade we'd seen in the first three games. I expected Dwayne Wade, you know, we, the Dwayne Wade we saw the first three games was the Dwayne Wade I expected to see throughout the course of this series, possibly throwing in a good game here or there. And maybe this is that good game here or there. I mean, Dwayne Wade was, was, was Dwayne Wade. He was the Dwayne Wade we all know and love. He was that guy. And he hasn't been that guy throughout the course of these playoffs, quite frankly. Just hasn't been that guy. But now, after that performance, there, if Dwayne Wade, and he set the tone. I mean, LeBron James ended up leading the team and scoring with 33. But a lot of those points, if you remember, were near the end, and it was kind of garbage points. But you look at Dwayne Wade. He set the tone for the Miami Heat. He came out on fire. He came out with a purpose. He came out with a purpose last night. He had a purpose, and his purpose was to take his team to another level. His purpose was to take his team to a game four victory. That was his goal. And he accomplished that goal. He came out with the mindset that I'm going to be aggressive. He came out with the mindset that I'm going to get to the lane. He was hitting his jump shots. He had lift on his jump shots. I mean, he was a totally different guy than we'd seen throughout these playoffs. A totally different guy. I didn't recognize that Dwayne Wade. I didn't recognize that Dwayne Wade. He was different. He was on another level last night. Two nights ago, I should say. On another level. And because he was on another level, the Miami Heat were ultimately able to win that particular game. LeBron James was good. I mean, he scored 33 points. He was good. I think the key with LeBron James was he was able to get into transition Able to get some easy buckets. That helps. That gets guys into rhythm. And I think that got LeBron James into rhythm. He he was much more aggressive. He said he guaranteed he'd be much more aggressive. He'd be much better. And he was truly much better. But this game was about Dwayne Wade to me. This game was about what Dwayne Wade did. This game was about what Dwayne Wade, uh, how he lifted the Miami Heat. You didn't expect that from Dwayne Wade. I didn't expect it. But you know what? Come to think about it, maybe we should expect it. Because what happened in Game 7 against the Indiana Pacers? Let's go back. You look at Game 6 against the Indiana Pacers. Dwayne Wade was absolutely horrible in that game. Horrible. We were writing him off. We were saying, you know what? I wasn't saying it, but there were a lot of people saying it, that the Indiana Pacers were going to win Game 7. Again, I wasn't saying it because I don't believe it. I didn't believe it. The way that series played out is the way I thought it would be. A tough, hard seven-game series. And that's what it was. But anyway, I look at Dwayne Wade, 
And I was saying, I'm saying to myself, and, I, and everybody should be saying it, you know what? We can't never doubt this guy. Game seven against the Pacers, when they needed Dwayne Wade to be big, guess what Dwayne Wade was? Big. When they needed Dwayne Wade to be special, he was special. When they needed him to do what he had to do for them to get to that next level and get to the NBA Finals, he did it. There's not a tougher player out here, out there, than Dwayne Wade. Just not. Just not. He's not healthy. To me, if Dwayne Wade was at his best health-wise, there's no way the San Antonio Spurs win this series. No way. No way whatsoever. If Dwayne Wade is at his best, there is no way the Spurs win this series. No chance. Spurs have been good. But you, and you can even argue, and this is a, this is a, all right, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm going to make the argument anyway. Maybe it's not a stretch. You can even argue that the Spurs, to this point, have benefited from injuries. And injuries are a part of the game. It is what it is. It's sports. Injuries happen. Stuff happens. Things happen. But you could argue that the Spurs have benefited from injuries. Russell Westbrook going out for OKC. That opened the Western Conference up for the San Antonio Spurs to take it over. And now Dwayne Wade and his inconsistent play, his bone bruise, which, you know, quite frankly, it's only going to take rest to get that right. You could argue that the Spurs maybe have benefited positively from injuries. But, again, injuries do happen. It is what it is. It's the way of sports. It's the way of the world. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. But now, let's go on down to game number five. This is the biggest game of this series. The biggest game of this series at this point. I've heard a lot of people say this, and I'm going to agree with it. Whoever wins this game is going to win this series. Whoever wins the game five will win this series. And as we've seen so far in this series, it's been a seesaw. Spurs win game one, Heat win game two. Spurs win game three, Heat win game four. So we're on the seesaw, up and down, back and forth. We're on the seesaw. So, going with that trend, you have to say game five favors the Spurs. Again, I had the Spurs winning this series in six. And I think in order for them to win this series in six, not think, I know, in order for them to win this in six, they have to win tomorrow. And you look at it now, if the Spurs lose tomorrow, and I think whoever loses tomorrow loses this series, but if the Spurs lose tomorrow, you now have to go to Miami and have to win two to win the series. That's going to be tough. That's going to be difficult. You can get one in Miami. I don't think you can get two. I don't think you can get those final two games. So in order for the Spurs, in my opinion, to win this series, they have to win game five. Same what goes with the Miami Heat. Like I said, whoever wins game five, in my opinion, wins this series. But I look at the Miami Heat now. If they lose game five, they still have two games at home. It can be done. Tough? Yes. Hard? Yes. Not easy, yes, but it can be done. And we've seen it. 1988, the Lakers, 
down 3-2 against the Detroit Pistons, go back to the fabulous form and win final two games to win that series. We've seen it. 1994, Houston Rockets, New York Knicks. Houston Rockets up, excuse me, the Knicks up three games to two. Final two games in Houston at the summit, the Rockets win those final two games. The Rockets win those final two games. And so it can happen. It can happen. Will it happen? No, I don't think so. So I think it's it's incumbent upon the Heat, incumbent upon the San Antonio Spurs to win game five. For the Spurs, Ginobili has to be better. Parker, great first half, subpar second half. Slowed down a little bit in the second half. Was it the hamstring? Was it the adjustment of the Miami Heat? Who knows? But he had 15 points at halftime. And from there, the Heat locked him down. Locked him down. And you look at Ginobili. Manu Ginobili. One for five. Only five points in 26 ineffective minutes. He was ineffective. 26 ineffective minutes for Ginobili. He wasn't good. He was not good in that particular game. Duncan was decent. He had 20 points, but it seemed like it was a quiet 20 points. I didn't realize Duncan had 20 points until I looked at the box score. So it was a quiet 20 points in a lot of ways. This series, and anytime you're in a series, there's going to be adjustments. Who's going to make the better adjustments? Who's going to play better? Bottom line, who's going to play better? And as far as I'm concerned, if you're getting 85 points out of the big three in Miami, if Bosch is giving you 20 and 13, if D-Wade is giving you 32 and six steals, if LeBron James is giving you 33 points, there is no team in the NBA that can beat the Miami Heat. If the big three is truly big, there's no one that can beat the Miami Heat. There's no one in this league that can beat the Miami Heat. That's if the big three is really big. And that's, and that's, if, the, that's if the big three plays big. If they play big... Uh, I don't see it. There's no one out there. There's no one out there. And and Dwayne Wade, I mean, you know, I talked about him before, but it's just stunning how he just came out, just a man on fire. Just he came out a totally different dude. He was a totally different guy. He was totally different than what we've seen the first four games of what we've seen throughout these playoffs. A totally different guy. And you look at the Miami Heat statistically, 6-0 and following losses in this postseason. So they lose, they come back. The Spurs have been a team that, you know, throughout the course of this year, I've heard a lot of people say this about them. They don't 
do well with success. They don't do well with success. I guess that points to what we've seen the other night as they were not very successful. They were not very successful. And to me, again, if Dwayne Wade plays the way he played, the Miami Heat are unbeatable. They just are. They just are. And and a lot of guys, you know, LeBron James was struggling. LeBron, LeBron James was struggling, and then he came out of his shell. Bosch came out of his shell. I mean, all these guys. You know, any time we've been quick to bury the Miami Heat, they've always found a way to get out. Every time we buried this team, they've always found a way to get out. That's what they do. That's what they've done. And that's what they continue to do. Will it happen? Will it continue? Game five is big. Game five is probably probably going to be the best game of the series. Probably. I mean, it's that big. It's that big. It comes down now to who's going to make the better adjustments. Mike Miller came in. They made an adjustment. Mike Miller played some more than he usually did. Battier played more minutes. Burman, Anderson, we didn't see him. So how do the Spurs adjust? And is it really about just adjustments, really, or is it, is it about who is going to step up? Who is going to step up? Who is going to step up? Is Tony Parker capable of stepping up with his strained hamstring? Again, 15 points in the first half, zero in the second. So is he capable of stepping up? Manu Ginobili. Ginobili says he's healthy. He says he has no physical limitations. That's what he says. So is he capable of stepping up? Of course he is. He's a Hall of Famer. Manu Ginobili is a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame player. He's capable of stepping up. Timmy Duncan, is he capable of a big-time performance? He had 20 points the other night. I'm sure he's capable of more. But bottom line is this. If you're going to get the type of production you got the other night out of the big three in Miami, then this series is over. It's, It's just that simple. It's over. It's over. There is no way, no way, that San Antonio Spurs or anybody else in this league, anybody else in this league, there's no way anybody else in this league, San Antonio Spurs or anybody else, there's no way that anybody else can beat the Miami Heat if the big three is flowing the way they flowed the other night. Not happening. Not possible. Impossible. Impossible. That's what it is. No way. There's no way. If they continue to flow the way they flow the other night, then anybody can beat them. 
not possible. And you look at the big three and what they averaged collectively in the regular season. They were at around 63 points a game as a unit. They were around 63 points a game as a unit last uh, during the regular season. So collectively, as a unit, they averaged 63 points a game. In this series, first three games, they were about 42 points per game. So, you know, that, that shows you, again, that, you know, Dwayne Wade is not at full strength, and obviously Chris Bosh is not giving you what he gave you in the regular season. I mean, Dwayne Wade averaged 21 points per game in a regular season. Before game number three, game number four, excuse me, he was averaging 14 points in the series. Chris Bosh, 16 points per game in the regular season. Before game four, he was averaging 12 points per game. So you're missing the production that you've gotten from your big three. Well, that changed game four. And I'll say it again, and I've said it before, and I'll reiterate it. If 85 points comes out of Bosh, Wade, and uh, LeBron James, game five is a wrap, and it's going to be the Miami Heat. And ultimately, if they win game five, this series is over. This series is over because you got two more at home. you got two to win one. Two to win one. Two to win one. That's it. That's all you got. So, we shall see what happens moving forward. Who do I think will win game five? I'll let you know a little bit later. I want to switch gears now to the NFL And the mania has moved to New England. Tim Tebow. Tebow mania has made its way from New York up to New England and Foxborough. Tim Tebow signed by the New England Patriots, two-year deal, no guaranteed monies in this deal. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know what, Tim Tebow may not get another opportunity in the NFL, at least at least not as a quarterback. A lot of people believed that. A lot of people thought that. A lot of people had that opinion. And I was one who was under the same opinion. I didn't think Tim Tebow would get another shot at the quarterback position. I mean, at this point, he's going to get a shot at the quarterback position. Granted, he's in a situation where the mania really can't have his way. I mean, Tebow mania really is going to be a lot more subdued because guess what? Tom Brady isn't Kyle Orton. Tom Brady isn't Mark Sanchez. So guess what? There's no opportunity, no chance on this earth that Tim Tebow will unseat Tom Brady. There's no way it could happen. Tom Brady can have 10 straight bad games, and we wouldn't call for Tim Tebow. The mania would not happen. Obviously, Tom Brady is not going to have 10 straight bad games, but you get my point. The reality is this is the perfect situation, I think, for Tim Tebow. Because, you know what, granted, he's not obviously going to be a starter, but at the same 
time, this is a chance for him to learn from the best. Tom Brady is one of the best who ever done it. This is an opportunity for Tim Tebow now to hone his craft, an opportunity to learn from Belichick, to learn from Brady, to get better. That's what he needs to do if he wants to be a quarterback in this league. And, you know, we can say all we want about Tim Tebow in terms of 46% completion percentage. That's not good. We, we can talk about some of the games that he had as a starter, what, two for eight against the Kansas City Chiefs, that game where he hit that, that home run for a touchdown, that big play to Eric Decker against the Chiefs a couple years back. We could talk about those games, those abysmal performances. We could talk all we want about them, but the, the bottom line is he did win. Now, again, I'm not one of these guys who believe that Tim Tebow is a quarterback in the NFL. I don't believe it. But I haven't been right in everything that I said, so I could be wrong. You know what? I kind of hope I'm wrong. I, I want to see Tim Tebow succeed. I want him to succeed. I really do. Because, you know what, I, I, I look at Tim Tebow and, and I say, you know what, this guy, he did lead a team to the playoffs. He did win a playoff game. He has as many playoff victories as Tony Romo. And last I checked, Tony Romo is one of the highest paid quarterbacks in this game. One of them. More guaranteed money than Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco has won a lot in the playoffs and did win the Super Bowl last season. So the point I'm trying to make is this. Yes, some of the numbers that he put up were not good. Yes, there were times where he looked absolutely positively awful. Yes, there were times where we're, we're, we're scratching our heads and saying, this guy is just not a quarterback on the NFL level. But he did throw for 316 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers and did beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. Granted, there were a lot of injuries in that game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Granted, Ryan Clark did not even play. I'll give you all that. But the Miami, the Denver Broncos, before Tim Tebow, I said this before and I'll say it again, they were in the Andrew Luck sweepstakes before Tim Tebow. And he turned it around. He turned that situation around. The defense played better. Everybody stepped up their play. I'm not saying it's all Tim Tebow, but but when he stepped in, things changed. Things were a little different. Things seemed to get a little better for Denver. Now, again, I don't believe Tim Tebow is an NFL quarterback. But, but I'm not always right. And I think, you know what, maybe with a little more seasoning, maybe learning under the great Tom Brady, under the great Bill Belichick, maybe he will become a better quarterback moving forward. Obviously, it's not going to happen with the Patriots. But you never know. <laughs> you, you, you never know what could happen, especially with this guy. This guy, there's, there's, there's something about this guy that, you know, he has all the intangibles in the world all the intangibles in the world. 
I mean, there's something about this guy that that is different. It's different. Something about this guy that's, dare I say, in some respect, that's special. There's something about this guy. And I'm afraid to doubt him. I am afraid to doubt Tim Tebow. I'm afraid to do it. I'm afraid to do it. And it's similar to me than what was going on with the Ravens and Ray Lewis from this standpoint. I picked again. I, I, I believe to this day that the Broncos were a better team than the Ravens. I believe to this day that Patriots are probably a better team than the Ravens. And I believe to this day that the 49ers were a better team than the Ravens. But it just seemed magical what was going on with Ray Lewis. He just kept talking about God and no weapon formed against me shall prosper and so on and so forth. And it just seemed surreal. And it was like, any, it's just a, it was just weird. I can't explain it. It was just weird watching this Ravens team. And especially after what happened in Denver, after that long pass and gets by Raheem Morris, after I saw that, Raheem Morris, excuse me, after I saw that, I was saying, you know what? There's something different. There's something special about this Ravens run. There's something special about this Ravens run. I, it, it was almost like I was going against destiny and picking against the Ravens. And I don't like to pick against destiny. I don't like to go against destiny. And the Ravens seem destined for success. They seem destined to win the title. Now, again, I don't want to compare Tim Tebow to, to Ray Lewis because, you know, Ray Lewis has a lot more talent. Than Tim Tebow. Ray Lewis, as a middle linebacker, has a lot more talent than Tim Tebow. More talent, obviously. He's a Hall of Fame linebacker. Tim Tebow, talent-wise, is probably, not probably, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, talent-wise. Now, do I think he can be a starter in this league if things are done right, if the offense is suited and geared towards him? Why not? Why not? Now, do I think he can win an NFL championship, a Super Bowl? I don't think so. But did we think Trent Dilfer could win a Super Bowl? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Do we think Jeff Hostetler could win a Super Bowl? I'm just saying. Did we think that those things would happen? Now, granted, Jeff Jeff Hostetler and Trent Dilfer both were on very good football teams. Both on teams that have very good defenses. But ultimately those guys did have to make some plays. Trent Dilfer did make some plays during that playoff run. He made some plays. And in order for them to have success, he had to make some plays. Jeff Hostetler made some plays during that playoff run for the New York Giants many years ago. Now, many if many of us did not think that the Giants could win the Super Bowl once Phil Simms went down during that season. Didn't think it was possible. Many didn't think the Ravens could win the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer as their quarterback. Did not think it was possible. 
Many have thought these things. Now, again, I'm not dumb enough, and dumb, maybe not dumb is not the word, I'm not bold enough to say that Tim Tebow can lead a team to a Super Bowl. No, I, I'm not that. I'm not bold enough. Just not. I'm not that bold to say Tim Tebow can win a Super Bowl. I'm not. But I will say this, and I, and I said it earlier, there's something different about this guy. There's just something different about him. He seems like he's a genuinely good dude. He seems there's an air that is different. It's just something different. When you see this guy, there's just an air about him that seems different from the rest. He's cut, he's cut excuse me, from a different cloth. There's something different about this guy. Again, I'm not saying, and I'm going to reiterate this, I don't believe that Tim Tebow is an NFL quarterback. I just don't. I, I can't definitively say that Tim Tebow is an NFL quarterback. Good guy. Love for him to marry my daughter. Good guy. Great guy. Seems, like, seems to be a great guy. Good guy. Has all the intangibles in the world. But he just doesn't have the goods as far as I'm concerned. But that's just me, just my opinion. But again, I didn't think the Ravens could get to the Super Bowl. Again, I didn't think Trent Dilfer could ever win the Super Bowl. Again, I didn't think Jeff Hotsettler could ever win the Super Bowl. I didn't think Brad Johnson could win a Super Bowl. I didn't think any of those guys could win Super Bowls. I didn't think it was possible. So I look at Tim Tebow. I don't think he can win a Super Bowl. He can't win a playoff game. He's proven that. I don't think he can be an NFL quarterback. But he did lead the team to the playoffs. But he did win a playoff game. But he took a team that was left for dead. That was one and four, left for dead. Left for dead. They were talking about next season in Denver. The mania, Tebow mania was off the charts a few years back. And then he goes to the Jets, and, and you look at the Jets' situation, Mark Sanchez was awful. He was a turnover machine. He was a turnover machine, absolutely, positively a turnover machine. He was awful. And Tim Tebow could not get a shot. That, that I don't know why, that's, a, that's telling to me. That's telling to me. You obviously do not believe, as bad as your quarterback situation was with the New York Jets last season, you obviously don't believe that Tim Tebow is an NFL-caliber quarterback. You don't believe it. Greg McElroy got a start over Tim Tebow. That's all you need to know in terms of the way the Jets felt about this guy. But he has another opportunity. This guy seems to be, a, be different, seems to be special, seems to have something that a lot of people don't have. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I have an idea. But this, this, this guy is cut from a different cloth. We'll see how much success he has 
in New England, but I'll say this, this was the perfect situation for him. And I said it before, I always thought he needed to go to a place where there was stability at the quarterback position. Tom Brady is the epitome of stability at the quarterback position. So that's where he needed to go, and that's where he went. And I thought that's a great move to for Tim Tebow. We'll see what happens there. Other news in the NFL, Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. Well, Chad Johnson is doing a 30-day bid in a Broward County prison. Doing a 30-day bid. And uh, for essentially slapping his lawyer on the butt. I mean, that, that, that's essentially what it came, comes down to. Granted, he, he did violate some of his probation, but they had worked out agree, an agreement. They worked out an agreement. Everything was fine. Chad Johnson was set to be free and go on with his life. Well, Chad Johnson did a little butt slap to his lawyer. And from there, his, his, uh, the judge, she didn't take too kindly to that. She didn't like that. She didn't have time for that. She felt, and, and granted, you know what? Chad Johnson slapped the, the lawyer on the butt. But the judge got mad because everybody else was laughing. And, and she said, you know what? Chad Johnson was not taking this seriously. Well, Chad Johnson can't control everyone else's laughter. Chad Johnson wasn't laughing. He wasn't laughing. He was not laughing. He was not laughing. And we talk about Chad Johnson. He's a different dude. He does different things. And let's get a quote from his former coach, Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis said, in talking about Chad Johnson in this situation, I know when Chad's being the clown, and that wasn't it. He didn't do what he did to get anyone to laugh. That was just a natural reaction from Chad, from Chad excuse me, and it's a shame. So that, uh, Marvin Lewis, the guy that knows Chad Johnson better than you, better than, uh, than the, everyone else, better than me, he knows Chad Johnson. He coached him for many years. He says, you know what, that's Chad being Chad. Chad was not being a clown. He was not being a clown, at least according to Marvin Lewis. Now, you know what? Maybe he wasn't being a clown. And definitely he doesn't deserve to be in jail for 30 days. That's absolutely positively ridiculous. He doesn't. A stern reprimand, sure. 30 days in jail? Nah, I, I can't go for that. A day in jail, sure. You want to do that? Fine. But 30 days? Come on. 30 days? For that? Come on. That's just pure and utterly ridiculous. But I will say this. You know what? Chad Johnson, he's a guy, again, who does things a little differently. He's a guy, in some respect, that's cut from a different cloth, but maybe not in a good way. He's a clown. He likes to have fun. But you know what, Chad? You're a grown man. You're in a court of law. You were in the process or about to be, you know, you were about to get out of there with no jail time. You were about to be a free man with no jail time. You can't start doing stupid things like that. It's time on some level for Chad Johnson to grow up. It's time for, for the tweeting maybe to stop at the rate that he's doing. It's just time for all the extra stuff 
to stop. And, it, you know, it, it's just like anything in life. It was cute. It was funny for a period of time. But over time, it, it doesn't become cute and funny anymore. And to me, it's funny. To me, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, you know, it's just him being him. It's just Chad being Chad. But Chad being Chad got Chad 30 days. Chad being Chad has put this man possibly, you know, it's possibly hurt his comeback. And I'm not sure if he really had a comeback. But Chad being Chad now has messed him up has locked him up for 30 days and may not give him another opportunity in the NFL. Not to say he would have gotten another opportunity in the NFL before this happened, but Chad being Chad has gotten Chad into a lot of trouble. And you look at the whole situation with his marriage. I mean, did anybody believe that this marriage to Evelyn Lozada from Basketball Wives fame, did, did anybody really think that marriage was true? Did anybody really believe it? Did anybody think that that was a real marriage? Did anybody really think that? I don't think so. And, you know, you could even argue that he's playing with marriage. You know, he just got married just for publicity. Got married just for the sake of being married. I mean, it was just, it was just just a ridiculous situation. And Marvel Lewis, you know, he said he tried to talk to Chad before, you know, him getting married and, and telling him the seriousness of marriage. So he tried to. Obviously, Chad Johnson wasn't listening because he decided to get married, and we all know what happened with that whole situation. Chad Johnson obviously wasn't married, ready to be married because he still <clears throat> obviously was dealing with other women on the side. Obviously. But... You know, did we? Did I mean we all knew that was happening? Was was anybody naive to that fact? And this is not a you know. Did we've seen Evelyn's antics on Basketball Wise? We've seen her on TV. I mean, just judging off of what we've seen on TV, she's cute, she's pretty. But would you really want to marry her? Just judging by what we see on TV, probably not. Probably not. We'll get back to that in a moment now. Let's bring in a guy who's doing big things on blog talk radio. This guy is all things Chicago. Sportsman, Chris. How's it going, Paul? How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Now, you, you said it. I'm a huge Chicago sports fan, and uh, recently... I'm not sure if you touched on this or not, but the Bears worked out three quarterbacks, Jordan Palmer, brother of Carson Palmer, Trent Edwards, former Bills starting quarterback, and, of course, the former number one overall pick, Jamarcus Russell, who has been who he's been out of football for years now. And i got to get your thoughts on this. He, he weighed over 300 pounds. I know he lost, what, 40, 50 pounds already. He's trying to make his way back to the NFL like I said, he worked out with the Chicago Bears. I think he's going to have a workout coming up with the Baltimore Ravens. Will Jamarcus Russell make a comeback to the NFL? Well, I mean, here's the thing about the quarterback position in the NFL. I mean, 
Everybody needs a quarterback. Not everybody, but there's a lot of teams that could use a quarterback, and you never have too many quarterbacks in this league because of injuries and things of that nature. You never can. Jamarcus Russell is a guy that seemingly has some ability. A lot of his issues have been with what's going on upstairs in his head. I mean, this is a guy, obviously, who has not committed to playing NFL-caliber football. Just hasn't. He took the money, in a lot of ways he ran. I mean, he wasn't a guy. You just look at his body. You know, anytime you're ballooning to 300 pounds and you're not taking control of your weight, you're obviously not taking your career very seriously. But sometimes in life, things have a way of humbling people, and sometimes things change people. Maybe Jamarcus Russell is a changed man. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. But, like you said, he has dropped the weight, and from what I read, you know, he's gotten some positive reviews from that workout with the Chicago Bears. If Chicago Bears believe that he can help them, if they can believe that, if they believe that he, he's on some level a change man, why not go after him? Your quarterback situation on some level is stable with Jay Cutler, but you never know with Jay Cutler. He's a guy who's been banged up over the past two seasons. So if I'm the Chicago Bears and I believe this guy is straight mentally, is straight physically, why not? Why not? It's a low-risk deal. It can't really hurt you. Hey, and, you know, this is a former number one overall pick. You know, as a, as a Chicago sports fan, as a Chicago Bears fan, I wouldn't be upset at all with this if they decided to sign to Marcus Russell. I'm not sure if they are, though. I mean, uh, the workout was probably about two weeks ago. I would have thought a deal would have been done if they were interested. Right. But like you said, he shows some good things. I certainly wouldn't be uh, disappointed at all. I mean, we have right now Jay Cullors, our number one quarterback, no doubt about that. He has suffered injuries in the past. After him, we have a veteran quarterback in Josh McCown, who, as the Bears' backup quarterback, he's shown some pretty nice things. He's more as a coach, I would say. He's more as a coach right now at the Chicago Bears. And then, of course, we have a second-year undrafted quarterback in Matt Blanchard. So, you know, if Jay Culler goes down, I'm not too confident in these backup quarterbacks just yet. i got to see some more things. And, uh, you know, it certainly wouldn't help. It certainly wouldn't hurt if they do decide to bring in one of those three quarterbacks that they uh, brought in for the workouts. I mean, this is a former number one overall pick. There's no doubt he had talent. He he showed he impressed some people at the workouts. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, I just don't think it's really not a lot of risk here. You know, it's really it's a lot of re- more reward than risk. I mean, if, he, if you're obviously going to sign him to a contract with no guarantees, if he's not good, if he's messing up off the field, you can just cut him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just—it's really no risk. It's exactly. All he's looking here. for a job. He's looking for a job. I'm sure you don't—you won't have to pay him too much. Just just give the guy a shot, see what he could do. Right. Definitely. I mean, if Tim—some people would argue if Tim Tebow is getting a shot at the quarterback yeah. position, why can't Jamarcus Russell? And he's another exactly. guy. Why not? Why not Vince Young? Why not Vince Young, who's yeah. been out there as well? So, Paul, I appreciate we'll you taking my call, man. All right, Chris. Take care. And, you know, I, I mean, you look at it, why not give Jamarcus Russell an opportunity if you feel like he can help you? There's all reward, no risk. There's no risk in, in, in bringing in Jamarcus Russell. It's just no risk. Take the chance. Take the plunge. 
What's the worst that can happen? He stinks? Well, you, you had an idea that that was a possibility anyway. <laughs> so you knew that kind of going into this whole situation that, yes, he stinks. You knew going into the situation, yes, he can't keep control of his weight. You knew going into the situation that this is a guy that, that was not committed to the game of football. You cannot. You cannot play football and not be committed and be successful over a long period of time. Maybe a short period of time. I mean, Michael Vick is a testament to that. I mean, Michael Vick, this is a guy, uh, you know, I, I say this a lot, but he said, point blank, I focus more on dog fighting than I did on football. So, and this was a guy who went to the NFC title game. This is a guy who went into Green Bay and beat Brett Favre when no one else could. This was that guy. And this was a guy that admittedly focused on dog fighting more than he focused on football. So you can be successful in football a short period of time on sheer talent. You can be. But over time, it'll find you out. It'll, this, this game will find you out. It'll find you out. What happens in the dark has to come to light. And if you're not being committed to the game of football, it will find you out. That's just life. That's just the way it is. And some things just will never change. Now, switching gears now, great show coming up on Animal Planet um, this weekend. Off the Hook Extreme Catches, starring Showtime Eric Young from TNA Wrestling. I mean, this is a, this is a fun show. A fun show, a lot of interesting things going on with that show. I mean, this guy is going out and fishing in various places, doing some crazy things just to catch fish. This is not your typical sit on the boat and throw the line out and try to catch some fish. No, this is not that. This is not that. We're going to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now, one of the stars of Off the Hook, Extreme Catches, Showtime, Eric Young. Eric, how are you, man? Real good, man. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, man. So it's early out here in L.A., but it's uh, I'm up <laughs> ready to take on the day. And, and that's a great thing. That is a very great thing. Eric, second season of this great show, man. You're a veteran now at Extreme Fishing. How much fun does yeah. this show continue to be for you? Uh, it's uh, I mean, it's really it's the ride of a lifetime, man. It's it's uh, it's really really great to be part of it. It's uh, it's a it's a great show. I'm super proud of it. But more importantly for me, like it's just fun to make it. I'm doing all this amazing stuff, meeting all these amazing people, and having all these wild life experiences. Now, Eric, I mean, you're doing this all over again, and you're doing it with some interesting people, and you're doing some interesting me- interesting fishing methods, man. Talk about some of the crazy fishing methods we'll see this season. Yeah, season two's got, uh, you know, a pile of brand-new episodes. People have never seen stuff that, you know, you haven't even heard of. We've got uh, sling bow fishing, uh, under-ice freediving. we got octopus freediving, outrigger canoe hand lining, you know, catching uh, massive alligators on rod and reel. Uh, you know, catching a 270-pound Goliath grouper, just uh, just a whole handful of really super wild stuff, interesting stuff, funny stuff. It's, I mean, it's a it's the ride of a lifetime. Now, you know, of course, you're doing some interesting fishing methods, and of course, 
with that, it's going to be some interesting people you're going to see along the way. Talk about some of the crazy people you've seen during this during your time on this show in the second season. Yeah, the people are to me are the best part. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sharing the sharing the the time with uh, you know a fishing expert that's teaching me how to do it. I'm a I'm a novice fisherman. I, I know a lot about fishing now by proxy from the show, which is cool. I, you know, I've always enjoyed fishing. I, I grew up fishing with my dad on small lakes and rivers, but uh, the stuff we're doing is, uh, you know, it's wild. And, and, and the people I'm with are, are, are pioneers or, 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 you know, some of the some of the best in the world at their craft, at free diving or, or you know, cod fishing or whatever it may be. Um, and they have, you know, a lot of them got got a couple screws loose. They're just a, a wild bunch of people. But uh, one thing I've noticed about all of them is they're just people that are tenacious and they just they don't give up and they work hard. And it's it's cool to be around people like that. We're talking to Showtime Eric Young, one of the stars of Off the Hook, Extreme Catches, and doing the show now. Of course, we we all know you're doing your wrestling thing, and and you're doing the show. My question to you is, when do you go home? Yeah, never. I forget what it looks like actually. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the schedule's crazy, but uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a busy. I'm super super busy, but it's a good busy. Um, you know, with the show and wrestling, um, from January till till you know June first, I was I was home ten days and never more than two days at a time. So yeah, it's uh, keeping me busy and keeping me on the road. But I, like I said, I love to travel. I love to meet new people and experience new things, and 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 I do that pretty much on a daily basis. So I'm uh, I'm living the dream, man. You gotta if you want to do what you want to do, you gotta work hard. Definitely, and you are truly doing that now, Eric. You know you're doing some. You're going to do some crazy things in the second season. And on the first episode, man, you're going to be fishing in the Barren Sea in the middle yeah. of winter. Tell us about that. Yeah, the Barren Sea. Um, it's exactly what you think it is. It's one of the worst places on earth I've ever been. You know, fifteen to twenty-five foot seas. We're on a, a 58-foot boat, which is super small uh, for for the Bering Sea. Just you know, putting on a pair of socks is difficult. Standing is difficult. You're, you know, you're you're soaking wet right to the bone. It's freezing cold. It's January in Alaska. Everything smells. Everything's slippery. Everything's cold. It's it's the worst place on the planet. And it was an experience of a lifetime. We uh went out on a cod boat. Um, just you know, they do the same style of fishing as they do on Deadliest Catch with the the crab pots, except we were catching cod. So it was uh, it was miserable, and uh, I got seasick. And, and uh, the guys, the crew guys, were all over me. And yeah, we had a, we had ended up having a real good time. And the show was amazing. The episodes got some funny stuff in it, some dangerous stuff in it, some some crazy stuff, some never seen before things. So it's uh, the Bering Sea is exactly what you think it is. And my advice to you is don't ever go there. <laughs> Second season, of course, of this show. How much has this show grown your popularity? It's, uh, I mean, it's really, really popular, man. And, and and I don't know, you know, the numbers did really well for a premiering series on Animal Planet. You know, Aaron, on a Sunday night, it, it did good. We were up against football. We were up against Summer Olympics, and it still did very well. And, and I'm expecting it to do even better this time around. And, it's got a huge fan base. I mean, I almost can't go anywhere without being recognized, you know, at least wow. once. And, uh, you know, if 
I'm in a, walking through an airport, hey, you're that crazy fishing guy, and, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's cool, man. And, and you know, no one's ever you know stopped me to tell me that I'm I'm stupid or I'm ugly or the show stinks. Uh, they always stop you and tell you that they love the show and ask you questions about the show. So that's that's a good thing. I, you know, I love talking to people that like the show and who are enjoying watching it. So it uh, makes me feel good. makes me feel really good, man. Now you're doing all these different types of extreme fishing. Do you still do any type of traditional fishing? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> traditional fishing is is in the rearview mirror now. To be honest, it's uh, I, you know, I may wow. never go back. It's uh, it, it, you know, if I wanted to relax and stuff, you know, going out on the boat and you know having a couple beers with you know my buddies and just taking it easy, I, I got no problems doing that. But uh. I've got a, I mean, I, I've got a real addiction to this kind of kind of fishing. This, you know, adrenaline-filled. It says on the open of the show, I'm an adrenaline junkie, and you know, the truer words have never been spoken. Been like that since I was a little kid, and you know, I'm 33 now, and not, not a lot's changed. I'm like a giant child. We're talking to Showtime Eric Young, one of the stars of Off the Hook, Extreme Catches, and I, again, you know, one thing that we'll see this year, man, is is your hat. And a lot of people yeah. are talking about your hats. Talk about your hats. Yeah, the hats uh, came by. The, I, the the network wanted me to wear a hat on the show, which is awesome because I don't like doing my hair. Um, so it's cool. <laughs> I get to wear a hat every day. I wear hats often. In, in real life, I always have love to wear hats, baseball caps and stuff. Um, and I didn't want to wear just plain hats. So I put, put the word fish on it. You know, it represented me, represented the show. Looked cool, was basic, but uh, yeah, they, they actually uh, they went on sale actually two days ago on the, on the Animal Planet website and go there and, and, and get the, the black one and the red one. Those are on sale ones, like exactly the ones I wear on the show. It's my my lucky hat, man. You know, and we've we've always managed to catch the fish we're after. So if you want good luck, go get a hat. I think that sounds like a plan. I think I'm gonna head out and go to AnimalPlanet.com and get me a little hat so I can get the luck that you have. I mean. And, yeah. and we all know how how much you like extreme fishing. You tried all different types of fishing, but is there a fishing method that's on your your bucket list at this point? Do you have a bucket list in terms of fishing methods? Um, you know, I did, but I've hit those things on extreme catches. But 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 it seems every time I think, well, there can't possibly be a different way of catching a shark, or there can't possibly be a different way of free diving or, or, or whatever. They come up with one, you know, and, and now because of the show is increasing in popularity, fishermen from all over North America and all over the world, for that matter, are coming out of the woodwork and contacting Animal Planet and saying, hey, I do this, you know, and I'd really like Eric to come down and I'd like to show him how to do this. And, and uh, it, you know, like it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a really cool community, the fishing community. They're, they're you know, tight knit and they all, uh, you know, are kind of the same and they're just good people, hardworking people that get up at the crack of dawn and work hard all day and, and, and love what they do. And uh, they're passionate about, you know, their style of fishing. And they love, you know, that's their favorite thing to do often in the world is, is what, what I get to do with these people. And there's all kinds of, you know, extreme, dangerous, inventive, crazy, you know, off-the-wall kind of different ways of fishing. And I'll, I'll do them all. I want to do them all. <laughs> and you still have some time to do it. The show is off the hook, Extreme Catches. It airs on Animal Planet this Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern and Pacific. The man here, Showtime Eric Young. Eric, 
Pleasure having you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do this again. All right, man. Thanks a lot for having me. Eric Young, one of the stars of Off the Hook, Extreme Catches, premieres this Sunday night on Animal Planet, so make sure you check your local listings for the times in your area. I mean, I'm not a fishing guy personally. I'm not a fishing guy, but, you know, and watching the show is definitely a lot of fun. I mean, you see a guy going out uh, and doing some crazy things to catch fish. To me, that's interesting. To me, that's fun. And that's something that I'll be watching for Sunday night, and hopefully you guys will be watching as well. I mean, Eric Young doing some crazy things out there in the fish world. Crazy, crazy things. Second hour of Go For It starts right now. Go for it. Starting right now, and in this hour, we're expected to be joined by one of the stars of Showtime's new hit series, Ray Donovan, Pooch Hall. And a lot of people remember Pooch from the game. Um, Pooch Pooch is a big-time boxer, or was a big-time boxer. So, you know, we're definitely going to get his take on uh, the big fight that's coming up in September, Mayweather and Canelo Alvarez. And Pooch also was actually at the Mayweather-Guerrero fight. So we're going to get his take on what he saw in that particular fight. And also, of course, we're going to talk about the great show, Ray Donovan, premieres June 30th, 10 o'clock Eastern and Pacific on Showtime. So a lot of people are expecting some big things with that particular show. Liv Shriver, John Voigt, a couple of the stars on that show. So it's going to be a big-time show, and we're going to talk to Pooch about that. Also, we're going to talk to free agent running back Robert Hughes, and we're going to talk to Robert. Robert's currently a free agent looking for a team. We're going to talk to Robert about his free agency and what he plans on doing and what he's looking to do. Also, he has a big uh, golf event, golf benefit, coming up June 17th in Illinois. So we're going to talk to him about that big-time event. So a lot of great things coming up and coming at you in the second hour. Make sure you stick around. It's going to be a lot of fun. I want to go back to the NBA now. and uh, There's been talk now that Chris Paul and Dwight Howard have been texting each other and, you know, and texting and and saying, you know what, man, I want to play with you. I want to play with you. I want to be on the same team with you. That's what I want. I want to play with you. So uh, these guys texting each other, telling each other how much they want to be with each other, texting each other, telling each other, how much they want to play with one another. I mean, it's, you know, we've seen this before, obviously, with the big three that came together with LeBron, Chris Paul, I mean, not LeBron, Chris Paul, LeBron, D. Wade, and, and Chris Bosh. We've seen these type of, this type of thing before. We've seen this type of thing before. We've seen it before. This is not nothing new. Now, will it actually happen? Well, the Hawks have some cap space, and the Hawks, Dwayne Wade, um, excuse me, Dwight Howard happens to be from Atlanta. Chris Paul played in Atlanta at Georgia Tech during his college days. That's a possibility. Maybe they decide 
to go to Houston together. And, you know, Houston is a team. Houston is a, a, a team that has a lot of cap space, uh, has a lot of cap space. They are a team with a lot of cap space. So maybe Houston is where he goes. We'll get back to that in a moment. I want to bring in a guy now and, you know, to further this debate about Chad Johnson and to talk about this Chad Johnson situation, I wanted to bring in a guy who's been familiar to these airwaves. Let's bring him in now, the one, the only, Jeremy Espy. Paul, I mean, you know, I'm going to watch what I say. I'm going to watch what I say because, you know, these women out there, you know, as they say, these these bees be crazy, son. Well, I mean, let's get right down to it. We all know what happened to Chad Johnson this week. Um, he, he was sentenced to 30 days in prison for a butt slap to his lawyer, um, essentially. Uh, and you know what? The, the judge said, you're not taking this thing seriously, so it's time for you to go in for 30 days, and maybe after those 30 days you'll start to take this thing seriously. Your thoughts on what but, happened? But, well, I think, the, I think the judge, again, I mean, this is what happens when you put a, a woman in a position of power. You get an emotional response. Uh, and and, so you, and, and you, I, I'm saying these bees is crazy, son. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, saying, I, yes, man, I mean, I man, get all that, and and that I, I get all that. Hired a lawyer, let me let me finish. A man that hires a lawyer, Paul, takes things seriously, and the the butt smack and nothing else. Let's be honest. I mean, I think honestly, there's probably been things done in other courtrooms that are more outrageous than that that we probably don't know about. I, I mean, I, listen, the whole situation is stupid. I mean, to put a man in jail in this society, when you have drug dealers, when you have people who don't go to jail who are driving drunk, to put a man in jail because he butt-smacked a man he's paying for shows me that judge should have been thrown off. She should have been thrown off. She should have been thrown in jail. There are drug I, I mean, drivers, it, there are it, 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 you can, it the way it seems that it was a, an emotional uh, response on her part, and I'm not going to chalk that up to her being a woman. I'm just going to say it's an emotional response. I mean, men make emotional responses as well. I mean, so well, I'm not going to chalk, chalk that up to women. The women do make emotional responses, but there are some emotional men out here as well. But I, I will say this, and, and granted, I don't think he did. You talked about drug dealers, and that's a victimless crime, but that's a whole other distress discussion that we could have at a whole nother time. But you're saying here, and, and I, I get everything you're saying. Everything you're saying is absolutely positively correct. But here's the bottom line, and I said this before, and let me repeat myself for here again. You're in a court of law. You're in a situation now where the judge is working with you in a lot of ways, setting up a, a, a plea agreement with you, so giving you another opportunity because you already messed up with your probation. So you're getting another opportunity. So my point is this. Yes, all, he doesn't deserve 30, 30 days, but at the same time, when you're in, when you're in, in a court of law, you know, that's something oh, you don't do. You've got to be smarter. Really? really what, 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 so come on, Paul. Are you being – are you uh, – listen, the man didn't do – he didn't do – did you see the look on his face when everything happened? This was a guy uh, – Yes, it was – it was. He, Paul, he didn't smile. He, he didn't laugh. No, I get all that. But he was – when the lady started screaming at him, he looked like it was his mother yelling at him. He didn't even know what was going on. He looked like a hand to the – when you got a hand to the face in the, in the, in the, 
in the grocery store when you didn't even know what happened to you. He was more surprised than I've ever seen a, a lot of people. I think here again, this, these judges know this man is a superstar. She knew there were cameras in the room. She's trying to be the next Judge Judy. She wants to be the next Snooki. I'm, I'm sorry, Paul. You can't tell me when there are drunk drivers who get probation and in this country who can kill someone. This guy, listen, he's a wife beater. I'm not saying what this man is doing. Is I'm not, I'm not advocating Chad Johnson. What I'm saying is, is to put a man in jail for 30 days because he smacked the butt of, a, of his attorney, where, where is that against? Where, show me the statute. First of all, all she did was basically institute a, a probation that he was under. He didn't break a law. He didn't, bet, you know, he didn't do anything to put himself in, in that jail. Lindsay Lohan, Essentially, she essentially, she essentially rejected the plea agreement. That's all she did. Right. She, so, she said, listen, I'm bigger, I'm bigger than the law. She became, the judge became the jury and the executioner. She became the show. She wanted to flex her muscle. In, in, instead of, I, I say, hey, you know what? If you really want to show me you're important and you're a beast, go put a drug dealer in jail. Go put a drunk driver behind Well, him. I mean, we, we can talk about drug dealers and all that stuff, but to me, you know, uh, that's a victimless crime. And I'm not going to – the, 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 the prison system is populated with uh, uh, drug dealers. And, and to me, you know, that's a, again, another story for another time for another day. But the bottom line is this with Chad Johnson, as far as I'm concerned. You, you know, he needs to grow up. You know what I mean? You're a man. You need to grow up. You know, I, you don't need, you don't deserve to go to prison. Sure, maybe this person wants to be the next Judge Judy, the judge, next Judge Joe Brown, the next Judge Greg Mathis. Maybe, maybe she wants to be all those people, the next Judge Watner. Maybe she wants to be all that. But the bottom line is this. And yes, I don't think Chad Johnson should be in jail right now. No, not at all. But I will say this: you got to grow up. Bottom line, you're a grown man. Grown man. Grown men have to do grown men type things, and that is, part of that is, when you're in a court of law, I mean, he was wearing t-shirts and the jeans. You can't put a suit on. You can't put well, a suit well, and I mean, tie on. I mean, I, I Jay-Z I, and Justin well, Timberlake will tell you that's a good thing. You know, they'll tell you that, you know, please, you, you Paul, got your suit and tie. Please. You're you're uh, you're in a good situation. So, I, I mean, why can't he just put a suit and tie on? It could be black and white. It could be yellow or blue. Whatever it is, he should have put a suit and tie on, and he should take court. Uh, you know, he's take court a lot more seriously than he actually did. Well, well Paul, let me let me because you that that I will say a couple of things that I noticed was I will say that I do agree with. I thought like he really didn't it, at least the butt smack seemed like a sign of relief that he like dodged the bullet. He did seem I, I get that, but I would I get say, that I would say I was astounded that to me I know this. If I dodged, if I was him, and I mean, not that I'm ever going to be, you know, on a probation, but if I was him and I was putting those shoes and I, my attorney was there, the one thing I agree with you on is I don't know that a butt smack would have been what I, I've probably been hugging or, 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 you know, if I'm relieved, I'm not so sure I'm going with a butt I don't know where Chad Johnson's head is. I mean, it seems like it's, it's, it's up his, you know what, but I, I mean, because I felt like, in a way, you're right. He kind of looked like he was about to be going to the clubs as soon as he was released. It didn't seem to be a man who's got, you know, some, some cash in his pocket to have his attorney or have somebody 
one of his, you know, guys in his entourage go out there at least put a, like you said, a button-down shirt on. Or he didn't seem very well, you know, he didn't seem together that day. And, I mean, while I saw his reaction, I thought it was childish. Almost now, I mean, it seems like the judge wanted to make more of a situation than it would have been. And you look at this guy and you say to yourself, if you're saying that the guy should grow up and needs help, if anything else, I mean, I don't think she, I don't think the judge is helping him grow up. I don't think what we're doing with these athletes and showcasing them, even the way we do, is helping this situation. Okay, so if you were in that position, you got if you got sent to prison for 30 days for essentially a butt clap, but let's just say you did childish things in the courtroom. That wouldn't wake you up? That wouldn't grow you up on some level? Oh, I, I mean, uh, yeah, Paul, you're you're talking to me, though. I mean, you're, you have to remember, uh, if I'm, to be honest, if you and I are Chad Johnson, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to be punching our wives or, you know, hitting our wives. If anything, if you're, if you're, any, if you're, ble- if, I, if I'm me, I'm blessed enough to even be in the NFL, I have the success that, uh, that, that to me, a mo- a very mediocre player like Chad Johnson has to make the money to be on the reality shows, you know. Well, I don't I say would, mediocre. You can't call Chad Johnson he, mediocre. I mean, he was a well, whole, he, I mean, he, he was, was a pro bowler. A, he yeah, was a perennial okay. pro bowler. He he was a pro bowler because they vote the fans vote those in, and so he's an idiot. And he is Ocho Cinco one day, Chad Johnson the next, Wolverine the next day. So he's a mediocre player, like I said. Moving on. Uh, no, I think Chad at, this, at this stage of his career, yes, but you know beforehand, okay. no, Paul, and that's fan. why we. That's why, that's, but that's why everybody dealt with his antics because he balled. I mean, the, the reality is, the moment you don't, you can't ball anymore. No one's going to want to deal with that, and that's the reality he, of Chad Johnson. He didn't. Point okay, life. well, he didn't ball again. You're, you're, you're. That's why you're you and I'm me. The man didn't ball. Stats show he didn't ball. All he did is run. Well, stats actually you, show that he did ball. He caught a few touchdowns. What he did is what the NFL wants players to do. He sold jerseys, period. That's all Chad Johnson. That was Chad uh, he, did a little more to, he did a little more to sell jerseys. Okay. Did a little more to sell jerseys. He, I mean, he, Paul, the, he put up numbers. Guy, Chad Johnson had some big-time numbers over the years. He put up numbers. The biggest, you, the biggest you, problem. You can't argue with the numbers that Chad Johnson put up. And let me, let me since you're talking about the numbers, let me just help you here. 19, okay. I mean, 2003, 90 balls, thir- over 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. 2004, Great. 95 balls, over 1,200 yards, 9 touchdowns. 2005, 97 balls, over oh. 1,400 yards, and 9 touchdowns. 2006, 87 catches, over 1,300 yards, 7 touchdowns. 2007, 93 balls, over 1,400 yards, Eight touchdowns. Should I keep going? 2009, seventy-two balls over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns. Should I continue? But, but let me ask you seriously. You're, you're saying you okay? Let's just say you called him an, a, a pro bowler, and, and let's let's rest the debate there. You really think a guy who's who who let's use the term that I like, who gets it? You think that Chad Johnson got it in his career? He understood. Like what it was taking, what it takes, um, you know, because a his drop in the NFL, meaning the where he was, where he went, was he it was like sub zero drop. And second of all, here again, I mean this, Paul. 
the guy was a was a sideshow in the latter parts of his career. When he went to Miami, you know, if you remember the 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 few episodes that he was even on, uh, you know, the, the, their their HBO special, he it's it's clear that this guy he even knew his speed left him, thus his career was over, and he was trying to establish himself as a sideshow. Rather than, you know, he isn't a possession receiver, unlike, uh, let's say, his counterpart, Terrell Owens. He, he wasn't ever going to be a possession receiver. Falls on hard times. His answer to falling on hard times was to what? Was to make a, a bigger fool of himself than, I mean, I think a lot of people imagine. And then to go, show for court that day. And, like, I mean, honestly, the butt smacking, the one thing I will say is the butt smacking seems so childish that, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know why you match stupidity with stupidity. I think the judge matched immaturity with immaturity because she said, well, if you're going to act like an idiot, I'm going to treat you like an even bigger idiot. Instead of just dismissing it and moving on and getting him out of the limelight, now he comes out in 30 days back into the limelight. He's going to be able to have, you know, more to say, more interviews, and thus he'll be back in trouble before the beginning, before the beginning of training camps, Chad Johnson will be back in the news, and, and we, we shall see. And we'll leave it right there. I mean, interesting story, and we'll see what happens moving forward. But as far as I'm concerned, um, he doesn't belong you know, there. I think, I think we both can agree that he doesn't belong there. But I think we both can agree that he didn't handle himself in the right manner. Well, Paul, let me let me just ask you one quick question because you, obviously you and I are big Eagles fans, and I'm sure you heard the news, uh, you know, this week after OTA's break. Uh, first major Eagles headline after OTA's break is, is their all-pro left tackle, Jason Peters, thought it was a good idea to go home and not only just jump in his car and go drag racing, but then jump in his car, go drag racing, and exceed 100 miles an hour on a police chase. And I guess, like, my question is, when you, you say that, the, like, here again, Chad Johnson should have come to court in a suit, who goes drag racing if you're an all-pro? Who, when a cop put their sirens on, say, well, you know what, I'm just going to just go faster? When, is, when are these players going to use the term just simply grow up? Well, I mean, you know, you know age is sometimes nothing but a number. Um, also, you know, you, you get a level of financial status, and it, it gives you sometimes carte blanche to feel like you can do whatever you want to do. And, you know, in this particular situation with Jason Peters, obviously, you know, I, I can't say anything else but stupid. It's just, you know, the epitome of stupidity. Um, that's all I can say. First of all, it's dangerous. I mean, you're, you're going at that rate of speed. You know, you could lose control, and God knows what could happen from there. I mean, so you know, even if we if we just take out the law part of it, just the dangerous side, just the danger of it, the danger of drag racing, the danger of going at that rate of speed. I mean, that's dangerous. So we we can dismiss, you know, all the other stuff in terms of uh, you know, in terms of you know, breaking the law. Obviously, you broke the law, but you know, just from a pure dangerous standpoint. You know, you're a guy who's trying to play football for a long period of time. You're a guy who wants to have a successful career, and you've had a successful career to this point. You're a guy coming off a major injury, so you want to continue the success that you've had. So, I mean, 
you know, who knows? I mean, what can you say about it? I mean, it's just pure and other, other, excuse me, nonsense and stupidity. I mean, I I mean, that's all you can say with that. I got to go now. We got to go now. Um, Pleasure having you. Stop back anytime, buddy. Take care. Um, So, you know, it it was interesting to get his take on Chad Johnson. To me, a very interesting story. To me, a a, a sad story in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, Chad is a guy who really, you know, really has made a decent, you know, career for himself and, and just let all the other stuff take over who he was. And, you know, he got caught up. And things happen in the course of life, and, and that's what happens. Let's bring him in now. Free agent running back, Robert Hughes. Robert, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, no, no problem. The pleasure is mine. Now, Robert, you are currently a free agent after recently getting released by the Colts. What happened with you and the Colts? Oh well, you know they just decided to go in a different in a different route. You know, they, uh, my offensive coordinator Bruce Arians left out of there. Um, you know, he's down in Arizona now, so uh, you know, it's just an opportunity for me uh, else to go elsewhere. So you know, uh, it's a great opportunity for me to go elsewhere. Yep. So at that at this point, what are you hearing in terms of an opportunity elsewhere? Well, I, I had a, I had a workout. Uh, my agents had a, had a workout set up with uh, Miami, so I went down there and uh, was able to get down there. Uh, but uh, you know, so now I'm just trying to figure out what's next for me. You know, I got more workouts lined up, hopefully, and uh, with training camp coming up, it'll be an opportunity somewhere. So, what do you feel like you need to do to ultimately become a fixture on an NFL roster? What do you think you need to improve on? Uh, I mean, well, it's just, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, it's a tough league to crack, and I've been blessed um, to to be to be, to be be in this position I am right now, and I know uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't get the opportunity. So I'm just blessed and fortunate to be able to have been able this year, too, for me going in. So, uh, you know, I just think I just need to work on and get, get a better opportunity, get a legitimate shot, you know, and uh, I think it's coming, you know, and, and, and it's been getting better each time, each opportunity I've been with each team. It's been getting better and better. So, you know, hopefully I can find my next place and land, you know. So you feel like at this point you just need an opportunity to show what exactly you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's it's always about, it's always about uh, you know, having the right opportunity, the right system at the right time. So, you know, yeah. It's 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 a, it's a tough league because you got guys, rookie free agents coming out every year, you know, coming fighting for jobs. So this is the this is the profession with the most turnover. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the nature of the beast. And last season for you, interesting year. You started in Tampa, you went to Washington, and ultimately you settled with the Colts. I mean, was yeah. that tough for you, or, or was that just a case of football life? It is what it is. It is what it is, and, you know, each player would tell you, you know, it's just the nature of the business, you know, unless you're getting paid the big bucks like, you know, like the household names, and that's, and that's the only reason why, you know, you'll stay somewhere, you know, and, it's, and, and this is the reflection we chose to do. It's something I love to do. So, you know, with me going around different places, it gives me an opportunity to learn from many different coaches. We're talking to free agent running back Robert Hughes, and Robert, like we said, you, you ended up with the Colts, and ultimately that team would make it to the playoffs. I mean, a lot of 
storylines with the Colts, Andrew Luck, the quarterback. You had the situation with the coaches and Chuck Strong fighting cancer and everything. Talk about Indy last year. How fun was that situation for you? Oh, uh, it was it was a it was a blessing and it was fun to be around guys, you know, uh like that with that willpower, you know, guys like Coach Coach Pagano and, and Coach Arians who who who's uh there to hold everything intact when everything seemed to go in ruins and uh, you know, playing with guys like Andrew Luck and, you know, and all those other guys that are around us, great guys. We were a young team, you know, so it's a lot of great things in the future for them. So it was definitely a great opportunity and a blessing to be able to spend a year with those guys. And, and talk about the job Bruce Arians did because he, he took over that team, and when he took it over, you know, the, the team really took off. Yeah, yeah, it, it did, it did. And, uh, you know, we just kind of rallied behind it, and uh, we played each game for Coach Pagano, and, uh you know, it's just, it just it built up confidence with as us as a group, and it was, you know we were rolling. We were rolling. We had a stretch where we were rolling. We made the playoffs when everybody was, was expecting us to, uh, you know, cash in early. So. And what have you done now in this off season, ultimately, to get better? What have you done? I'm not. Anything I'm staying different? the course. No, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've felt like I've been able to go out there and have success, you know. So I'm just doing the same thing I've always been doing is, uh, you know, and training every day, working out every day at uh, at the gym up here we call uh, EFT, and uh, you know, just keep my head strong and, and remain confident in all I do. So you know, it's it's nothing, it's really no change or anything. It's just getting back to the grindstone, you know, trying to find somewhere to be and 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 how you do that is through hard work and dedication every day. So you know, that's what I. That's what I've been doing is sticking to the course. And how difficult has it has it been for you to keep your head up during this time? I mean, it, it hasn't been too tough, you know, because, I, you know, hey, like I said, it's, it is a blessing. You know, you, you can't look at it like you deserve. It's like I deserve the opportunity to play in the National Football League or anything like that. You know, it's definitely, you know, you, you, there's so many guys with dreams and aspirations, aspirations to play in this league, and they don't always come true. So, you know, I've had my shot. You know, so if one comes, I'm ready, you know, no question. You know, and if it doesn't, then, hey, you know, I can walk, I can walk away with my head held high, you know, saying that, you know, I, I did all I could. So We're talking to free agent running back Robert Hughes. And, Robert, the NBA Finals are going on right now, switching gears to basketball. You've been watching. I've been watching. What's your thoughts? Who's going to win it at this point? I think I think Miami's finally got it figured out. You know, uh, um, you know, it was it was, a, it was a close game one that they lost, and then uh, those uh, two other guys, uh, the other guys, uh, Danny Green and and uh, uh, Gary Neal, were just put on a performance. Right. I mean, there's nothing you could do when they when they shoot like that. So that was game three. But I think they finally get it figured out. And, and with D Wade coming to play, he has he knows he has you know th- uh, three games left in him. So. I think he's going to put it together and play the play the play the rest of the series out like he's like he played last night, and uh, I think Miami has it. So, so you expect D Wade, a guy who was averaging 14 points in these NBA Finals before last night, to continue to score 20 to 30 points no, over no, the no next question. three games? No question. He, no question. He, he's still he's still he's still top five two guard in the league. Still top five two guard. We got. I can't think of any other shooting guard that's still that, that's, that's playing better than him. You know, he's been banged up a little bit, but I, I expect him to you know to come out and and, and put, you know and, and put pressure on guys and, and play with confidence like he has been playing. So, you know, I, I definitely think he's capable of. Everybody knows he's capable of it. So I think it's uh, I think it's the heat time. So now let's just say D Wade 
goes back to the D-way that we saw the first three games of this series. Can the Heat still win this series? Yeah, I, I, I see no reason why they why they won't. With, with LeBron and, and, and D-Wade alone, you know, and and with Eric Spolster, the move he made to, to move Mike Miller in the lineup and uh, to go smaller to, to clear out that lane, I think that I think it's the chess match is just on this game set match. I think that's what it is. You know, we'll see. You know, it's still going to be uh, it's still some things that, that that needs to be happening. Needs to go out and win one more game in San Antonio. You know, you can't put it past the Spurs. You can't always, you can't always bet against the Spurs. But I, well, I believe in my heart is believe that uh, Miami got it figured out. So, yeah. I believe that whoever wins Game Five wins the series. Do you agree with that? I, 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 I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because if, if, if the Spurs win this next game, it may go game. It may go. It may go seven. But you know. I don't. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it just you know just like that. But I don't. I don't see the Spurs winning no more, unless they have another shooting performance like they did from those two guys. But Ginobili's been struggling. Tony Parker's been hurt. Tim Duncan is not Tim Duncan of old. So I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. All right. I mean, I, I well, before this series started, I picked the Spurs in six, and one of the reasons I picked the Spurs in six was because D Wade. I, I don't think he will repeat that type of performance. If he does, if he plays the way he played yesterday through these last three games, it's 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 no contest. He'd win this series easily. I just don't expect it, man. And and guys like and it's not because he I think it's just injuries. I mean I know he can do it. I know he has the skill. I just think it's injuries. Conversely I see Tim Duncan coming back and having a better game. And I even see Ginobili having a better game. But I don't know, man. It, it's gonna be good. It's definitely gonna be yeah. good. Is, uh, I'll be I'll be tuned in watching uh, in front of my TV Sunday, so I won't uh, I won't be moving from there. <laughs> <laughs> now you're a Chicago guy, so I know D Wade is kind of near and dear to your heart. That that's my guy, yeah. You know, Chicago guys, man, we like to stick behind each other, man. We know we, we, all Chicago guys, athletes from Chicago, think they can play basketball. So I'm one of those guys. <laughs> play football, but I love basketball, and uh, D Wade is a household name around here. We love him. Are you a Bulls fan? I am. I am. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's kind of surprising. Well, I know you're D Wade's your guy, but I mean the the Bulls and the Heat have a little rivalry type thing going on over the past few years. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Bulls fan, and 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 I think as far as with Miami, I think I'm more of the players fans. I I love LeBron. I respect his game. I love D Wade. I respect his game also, and he's from Chicago, so it's kind of well, we kind of got that tie there, you know. And speaking of Chicago, D Rose, you had a problem with anything that he did this year in terms of not playing? You know, I think that I think confidence-wise, it's better for him to come back to you know set the rest of that year out like he did, and 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 get and get ready for next year. You know, we we we, we had a good run, and uh, you know we we of course we expect better because we're the Bulls. But you know, as far as the, he has to, he has to come back with a, with a lot of confidence. You know. He, you don't want to happen like what happened with Amon with Amon Shumper, who had the same injury as D Wade. He started to have in the playoffs. He started to have that little injury occurring. So you could never question the guy and uh, and take injuries because injuries are serious. So you know we just gotta hope for the you know hope for the best. Hope he comes back out playing with playing with confidence like he like uh, like we know he can do. Play like the MVP. We're talking to free agent running back Robert Hughes now. Robert, you're busy off the field now as you're the spokesperson for the 2013. Beyond Sports Foundation Golf Benefit happening June 17th at the Ravina Green Country Club. Tell us about this event. River Woods, it's Illinois, a, excuse me. 
Tell us about this event. It's a great event, and you know, like myself, I'm, I was a part of the BSF, the Beyond Sports Foundation, and uh, it's just a great opportunity to help kids who need it. You know, um, you know, this, the 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 basis of this, of this foundation is to get get kids scholarships, you know, get underprivileged kids scholarships and access to training, and uh, to allow them to, to to further their career. So, this is a great opportunity to come out and support you know young young athletes in the Chicagoland area. And uh, you know everybody know how you know how tough it is, you know, because you know you need you, if you need tutoring and everything. That this is the foundation that's helping that, you know. And a lot of people have foundations, but this is one that's having a a, a direct impact on the youth and, and and athletics. Definitely, definitely. And where can find where can fans find information about this great event? Well, they, they come out. They can come out to the uh, to the event. You know, like I said, it's June seventeenth, two thousand thirteen. If they come out to the Ravinia Golf Club, you know, if they golf, it's perfect. If not, then they can come around and and have you know just a meet and greet, and and they can meet a lot of guys. You know, a lot of pro guys, well, especially a lot of bears, um, like guys like Johnny Knox, uh, Devin Hester, Jason McKee. A lot, a lot of guys will be there. So if they come, they can you know. See these folks and 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 meet the meet the players and all that stuff like that for the meet and greet. Even if they don't golf, but if they want to golf, it's it's, it's going to be a great course. You know, it's it's always great weather around this time of the year, and you know you get a chance to go out there and and, and meet people and then actually help the younger athletes. Definitely, definitely, and that's always a great thing. And there's a website here: www.supportbff.org/slash/2013-golf-benefit. For those who want to check out the website and head out to this big time event, Robert, you're on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Uh, it's at R. It's at Robert Hughes ND. So they they can just reach out to me on there, and uh, you can yeah, I can send you more information on the Beyond Sports Foundation. Uh, you want that office? You can go to the office. It's 1350 Old Skokie Road, Suite 205. If you want information on that, you can get it there, or you can get it through me personally through my Twitter and everything. The information will be out there because, you know, so many guys around the Chicago land area, a lot of the Chicago Bears support BSF. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a, a great opportunity for people to come out and support a great cause. Definitely, definitely. Fans, go out and support some of the great things going on uh, with BSF. And real quickly now, Robert, you're a Notre Dame guy, Everett Golson, that whole situation. You concerned about your fighting Irish? You know, I think I think we we were definitely better suited with him being there. But you know what? It gives him a year to uh, to to work on his skills and to prepare for the next season. You know, I I know a lot of people around the Northern Northern Dame Nation is uh, you know a little teed off about everything. But you know what? We got Tommy Reese, that guy who who's who's been who's been uh, proven. He's a proven starter and a proven winner. I think we're in good hands. You know, so. Let's just see how the rest of the season go and, 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 and let Everett take this year off and get better and come back next year and, and, and have another national championship run. Sounds good. Robert, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do this again. All right. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Robert Hughes, free agent running back, and we thank Robert for stopping on by and you know, Robert's trying to get himself back to a team in this league right now, and uh, he's a free agent. And again, he has some tryouts out there. So, he's, like he said, he went to the Dolphins, and maybe there's, he says he's looking to get others, other tryouts as well. So, hopefully, Robert Hughes can get 
another opportunity. I want to go back now to Chris Paul and Dwight Howard. Again, these guys have been texting each other, saying, "You know what? I want to play with each. I want to play together. I, I want to be with you on the NBA, on an NBA court, on an NBA team together. Maybe we can form some kind of trio or or, or big three, if you will. But I, I mean, you look at Chris Paul. Everybody's saying." And all indications are that he is going back to the Clippers. So, you know, that's a good sign if you're a Clipper fan. Um, you know, there, there have been, you know, some sign-and-trade sign possibilities. I mean, one that's out there is Blake Griffin and Eric Bledsoe for Dwight Howard. And that's an interesting one for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, these two, they all play, they both play in the same building. I mean, they share the Staples Center. Uh, that's first of all, same conference as well. Secondly, I mean, are you saying, I mean, Dwight Howard, as dominating of a force as he can be, you know, he is a guy dealing with a back issue. Now, you know, that back issue could be fine next season. He could have no problems or that back issue could flare up. Who knows? So that's going to be interesting from that standpoint. Blake Griffin is younger, younger player. Um so, I mean, that, that, that's a tough call. That is a tough call. And if I was the GM of the Clippers, I think i stick with Blake. Uh, I think the upside of Blake Griffin in terms of – because he's young, and, and right now he's just getting by on pure athleticism. If he can add a little more skill to what he already has athletic-wise, it could be a good situation for him a good situation for the Clippers. So, and then I look at Dwight Howard. I mean, with the Lakers last season, he wasn't dominant. With the Lakers last, I mean, he has moments. He had his moments. And again, he had the back. But at the same time, the attitude of Dwight Howard and what comes with that. Um, you know, we the Dwight mayor that we've seen over the past couple years with him. So, I... I think if I'm the Clippers, I don't make that deal. I'm not giving up Blake Griffin, a guy with a tremendous upside. I, I think I'm stick with Blake Griffin if I'm the Clippers. I don't think that's the move to make. And Dwight Howard, in a lot of ways, you know, as good as he is, still not very polished in the post. Still, really hasn't progressed as a post player in the NBA. Just hasn't, and he still hasn't made that progression as an offensive player in the NBA. It's kind of raw on the offensive side of the ball. So if it was me, if I'm the Clippers, I don't do that deal. I don't do that deal. But if you're the, if you're the Hawks and you're able to get Howard and, and Chris Paul, I mean, that's a great situation, obviously. And, and that's a, an obvious upgrade, an obvious upgrade for your roster, for your franchise. And, you know, it's going to bring a buzz to your situation. So, to me, if, you know, if you're the Atlanta Hawks, obviously you would love to have a situation where you have Dwight Howard and Chris Paul together. Would love it. Would it win a championship? Who knows? Would it give you buzz? Yes, it would. And that's a good thing. There hasn't been a buzz in Atlanta for a long, long time. What? Since what? Maybe Dominic Wilkins left? You know, it really hasn't been a buzz in Atlanta for a long time. But we'll see how that works out. I want to go to Jason Kidd now. Jason Kidd named the new coach of the Brooklyn Nets this week. And, um, 
interesting. You know, Jason Kidd just retired a few weeks back, and already he's right. He's coaching again. Already he, he's a coach. I mean, he didn't have to sit on anybody's bench a la Patrick Ewing, a la Brian Shaw. I mean, he didn't, didn't have to do any of that. He automatically, he automatically just came out and said, you know what? The Nets have said, you know what? This guy's ready. The Nets have said, These, this guy is ready. He's ready to be a head coach right now. A lot of people said Jason Kidd was the coach on the on the floor for many years uh, during his career with the uh, Nets, with the Knicks, with the Mavericks. You know, they, they said he was a coach on the floor. And, yeah, maybe he was. But, you know, this is a totally different situation. You know, you now you're, you're dealing with egos, you're, you're – you're, you're making situation, uh, you're making decisions, tough decisions, taking guy playing, dealing with playing time and things of that nature, you know. And this this net situation is not an easy situation. I mean, the expectations obviously from the ownership, Miguel Prokhorov, is championships. That's the expectation. And do we see the Nets as a championship caliber team at this point? Probably not. I mean, are really, are they really the best team in New York? And judging by what we've seen this year. Probably not, you know. So, and also, you got to look at it. I mean, this is Jason Kidd's first coaching job. So, you know, you would think there would be, and this is a first coaching job and also at the same time a very tough situation because of the expectations. So that's going to be difficult as well for Jay Kidd. You know, he's not going to have, and you wonder how much of an opportunity will he have to, to quote-unquote, learn on the job. Will he have that opportunity? We, we've seen Mark Jackson has some success right away at his first coaching job. But at the same time, Mark Jackson was a guy who didn't go from playing to right away into coaching. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's just something different about this. And I, I also think one of the reasons that Jason Kidd is the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. It's, it's simple. I think also it's, it's for Buzz. I mean, he's a name. And the Nets, when you're battling for the headlines, battling for the marquee in New York City, you know, you, you're going to have to be better than the Knicks. You're going to have to do things that's different from the Knicks. You're going to have to do things that's going to give you a buzz. Jay-Z, being a part of the Nets, gave the Nets a buzz. Gave them a buzz. It did. And now Jason Kidd becoming a coach of the Brooklyn Nets gives this team a buzz. Now, will Jason Kidd be a good basketball coach? Will Jason Kidd be a top-notch coach in this league? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he was a smart player. Again, he was a smart player. He was a guy that ran the show at a lot of different teams. I mean, he's a Nets legend. He is a Nets legend. I mean, he changed the whole course of that franchise back in 2003 when he stepped on the scene and he got them to the finals. 2002, excuse me, when he stepped on the scene and got them to consecutive NBA finals. Unheard of with the Brooklyn New Jersey Nets at the time. Unheard of with that franchise. Unheard of. He came there and, and it was instant success. He came there and the Nets took off. They took off. So he is 
probably what? The best player in Nets history? Probably the best player in Nets history. And Jason Kidd was a guy who did it all for the Nets during his time. And many say, again, a coach on the floor. But just because he is a coach on the floor as a player doesn't mean it's going to translate into him being a big-time coach. I mean, Mark Jackson, he took over the Warriors, but, again, not really a pressure-packed situation with the Golden State Warriors. No one expected the Warriors to have the success that they had this season. Unexpected success for the Warriors and Mark Jackson. So there wasn't the expectation was not the same. And because the expectation was not the same, you have to say now that, you know, that situation was a lot easier for Mark Jackson in comparison to what Jason Kidd is up against. Jason Kidd is up against the New York media. You know, a different animal. A totally different animal. You know, this is New York City that Jason Kidd is about to tackle. As a coach, he tackled it as a player. Can he tackle it as a coach? Tackled it as a player, but can he do the same as a coach? That should be interesting moving forward. But I mean, a lot of people, you know, are happy for Jason Kidd, but there's a lot of people out here that say, you know what? Guys like Brian Shaw, guys like Patrick Ewing, who spent time on a bench as an assistant coach, who, who in essentially a lot of ways, uh, were on the bench, and, and, and they did their time. They did their time, and I think it's time for them to get an opportunity. It's time for Brian Shaw to get an opportunity. Many people rave about Brian Shaw as a coach, as an assistant coach, and many people have talked about his capability as a coach. Many people believe that he could be a top-notch head coach in this league. He just needs an opportunity. Will he get it? With the Clippers, possibly. Will he get it with the Nuggets? Possibly. Who knows? Grizzlies, possibly. Who knows? And you look at a guy like Lionel Hollins. I mean, this is a guy that had a lot of success. I mean, no one expected. A lot of people expected the Grizzlies to have success, but, I mean, they got to the conference finals. I mean, it got to the conference finals, and that was without arguably their best scorer, Rudy Gay, who they traded off strictly for financial reasons. The Rudy Gay deal was strictly for financial reasons. That was a money move. And that had nothing to do with what's happening on the court. That strictly was a money move. And so you look at that and you say, you know what, Lionel Holland still found a way to get his team all the way to the conference finals. And who knows? Not saying they would have beat the Spurs, but if they would have had, Rudy Gay, who knows? Who knows what could have happened? Who knows? But then you can also argue at the same time, they played the uh, OKC in the second round, and you can argue if Westbrook was 100% in there that the Grizzlies wouldn't have gotten to the conference finals anyway. But, I mean, there's talk of, you know, there's the, the Grizzlies or John Hollinger, guy for ESPN who who's all about numbers and, and numbers – are his thing, and, you know, in some respect, there was talk that those two clashed in terms of that, in terms of the philosophy. And, you know, as Lionel Holland says, he said yesterday, I heard him on TV say, you know what, their money, their team, they can do what they want. And that's truly the reality of the situation, their money, their team, they can do what they want. But, you know, 
the success that the Grizzlies have had under Lionel Hollins is unprecedented in terms of this franchise. I mean, the Grizzlies were, were a laughing stock of this league. And Lionel Hollins, you know, with this ball club, I mean, two seasons ago, beat San Antonio Spurs in the first round at the eighth seed and took OKC all the way to a seventh game in the second round. In their last season, they lost in the first round to the Clippers, but it's seven games, competitive series. And and then you look at this season, obviously, getting all the way to the conference finals. This guy deserves to still be the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. He does. He deserves to be that. And, you know, obviously the Grizzlies feel otherwise. But, you know, hopefully he gets another shot somewhere. I mean, he's deserving of it. You can even know George Carl. You know, George Carl, another guy, coach of the year, another guy that, that gave Denver. You know, Denver had a lot of success. They didn't have a lot of playoff success, but they've had a lot of regular season success during George, George Carl's time. And, you know, especially after a trade of Melo and, and that whole transition, I mean, the team essentially came out better after the trade of Melo. They came out basically a better team. And, you know, that's a byproduct of their head coach, the coach of the year, George Carl. And he's the coach of the year, and he's getting fired. He's the coach of the year, and he lost his second-best scorer and Gallinari. And Gallinari, I mean, you know, if they had Gallinari, then, you know, it's a totally different situation for the Denver Nuggets. I think they beat the Golden State Warriors if Gallinari is healthy. I mean, that, that, you know, Ty Lawson was their number one scorer, but Gallinari was second. He was right up there. Ty Lawson averaged 16.7 points per game. Danilo Gallinari averaged 16.2 points per game. So, you know, without his second-best scorer, arguably his best player in Gallinari, without him, and they still make the playoffs. Of course, they were going to make the playoffs. Gallinari got hurt late in the season. But, you know, that, that to me, that's another added excuse for George Carl from the standpoint that, Gallinari wasn't there, your second-best scorer, and, you know, you still were competitive against the Warriors, but you obviously did not have enough. You obviously did not have enough. And one of the reasons you didn't have didn't have enough, because you lost your second-leading scorer to injury. So, you know, it is what it is. And George Carl probably will resurface somewhere. Lionel Hollins probably will resurface somewhere. Brian Shaw probably gets a job as well. Patrick Ewing just took, uh, is now the associate head coach for the Charlotte Bobcats. So he slowly, slowly, at a, at a snail's pace, slowly working his way up the coaching ladder and, and you know, the possibilities for him in terms of uh, ultimately getting a head coaching position. I mean, it's got to happen at some point. Maybe it'll happen with the Bobcats, you know, because they, they seem to change coaches an awful lot. I mean, and Larry Brown, Mike Dunlap, I mean, you know, they 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 like to change coaches. I mean, Michael Jordan is quick with the trigger. If it doesn't work, he's going to move on. If it doesn't work right away, he's going to move on. And it didn't work on Dunlap, didn't work with Larry Brown. We'll see what happens this time around. We'll see what happens this time around with the Charlotte Bobcats, but I mean, that's a, that's a, well, Charlotte Hornets now, but, you know, that's a, that's a sad franchise. Sad franchise and Michael Jordan, maybe he needs to come out of retirement. 
You know, maybe that'll help the situation. Maybe Michael Jordan can can come out of retirement and you know work his magic. I mean, he's fifty. He is fifty. But you know, he's Michael Jordan. He he can do superhuman type things. He's Michael Jordan. He is Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan has done superhuman type things. So maybe, maybe he can get himself back into shape and back on the basketball court because at this point, that's the only way the Charlotte Bobcats will probably, Charlotte Hornets, I should say, that's the only way they'll be relevant because, I mean, unless they draft better, and they got to draft better, you know. They have to draft better, and they have to. I mean, Adam Morrison, you can't have that. You can't be drafting Adam Morrison. you got to have better success than that in terms of drafting players and talent, bringing talent into your roster. has to get better. has to be better. And hopefully for the Charlotte Hornets, Bobcats, it will be better. Let's go back to the NBA Finals now. and Big game tomorrow. Big game. To me, the series is tomorrow. Whatever happens tomorrow will tell us all we need to know about this series. San Antonio wins. I think they win the series. I don't think... I, I, I think they can go back to Miami and at least take one. I think. Not sure, but I think. Miami wins. It's definitely a wrap. Definitely a wrap. Because there's no way, no way Miami's going to lose both of those games at home. And could you imagine... I mean, let's just take this for a second. Could you imagine if the Heat were to win tomorrow and then go back to Miami and lose the two games in Miami? Could you imagine the the type of stuff that would be thrown at LeBron James? Could you imagine? Could you imagine what would happen? Could you imagine what would happen? If LeBron James and the Miami Heat were to lose the final two games, what would happen? What would happen? What kind of stuff would we be saying about LeBron James now? We would be hating on LeBron James left and right. We would be going after LeBron James left and right. Left and right. We will be going at him hard, very hard, if that were to happen. I don't think it will happen. But if that were to happen, we really would go hard at LeBron James. He wouldn't get a break if that were to happen. Would not get a break whatsoever. You know, he would be roasted. He would. I, I, could he ever live it down? He could he ever live it down? And we 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 all talk about LeBron James and you know some of the anger that we have towards LeBron James. And it's not me. I say we, not me. But a lot of people have never forgiven this guy for what happened with the decision. A lot of people have not forgiven this guy for his decision to have a decision show and ultimately take his talents to South Beach. I don't think people were too mad about him taking his talents to South Beach. People were mad about how 
he took his talents to South Beach. People were mad that he took his talents to South Beach, and people were mad that, you know, he he and the Miami Heat essentially celebrated before they even played a game. They celebrated before they even played a game. And he'll never live down, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. He'll never live that down. He'll never live it down. The moment, the moment he lives that down is the moment he wins not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. That's the moment he'll he'll live it down. But it's just, that's why the fans have this type of uh, uh, venom towards LeBron James. That's why the fans won't give him the credit that he deserves. Maybe he's not Jordan. Maybe he's not. But he's pretty close. He's pretty close. He has put up a lot of numbers during his career. He's done a lot during his short career. Four MVPs. Who's done that? He's an elite company with that. Not many have done that. I mean, this guy has done a lot. Has he won as much as we wanted him to win? No. But he still has time. He still has time. And he said he would come back with a big-time performance. He came back with a big-time performance. So he has time. He has time. And if he doesn't win it this year, still has time. Still a young player. Still has time. Now, 2014, after 2014, who knows what happens. Maybe he goes back to Cleveland. Maybe he goes elsewhere. Who knows? But LeBron James is one of the best players. and is the best player in this game. He's not Jordan. But, hey, if he wins a bunch of championships, we can start to have that conversation. But as of now, I don't think we can. Let's go to the pick now. Let's go to my pick. Big game tomorrow. Games five. As far as I'm concerned, winner takes all. This is a winner take all type of situation. Whoever wins tomorrow, in my opinion, wins the series. Who wins? Will the Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade? Will he have another big time performance? Will LeBron James come back? with another big-time performance? Will Chris Bosh come back and contribute with another big-time performance? Or will those Spurs, those veteran Spurs, Tony Parker, will Ginobili come on back and, and play like the Ginobili we all know and love? Will Tim Duncan turn the clock back and have a big-time performance? Will Danny Green and Gary Neal, will those guys hit threes left and right? Will Kawhi Leonard, Go back to his lockdown defense on LeBron James. Let's give you the pick. There you have it. My pick is the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs win tomorrow. Ginobili comes back with a big-time performance. Duncan plays well. I expect I don't expect Dwayne Wade to come back with 32 points. I don't see it. I don't see it. This has been 
a seesaw type of situation. And I think the seesaw continues with the Spurs winning tomorrow. We were expected to be joined by Pooch Hall. We're going to try to get him on at another time. Um, we were scheduled to have him on, but we'll work on getting him on another time. I want to thank Robert Hughes for stopping by. I also want to thank Showtime Eric Young for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. Follow us on Twitter, at GoForItGan. For everybody here at GoFort, we hope you have a great week. See you later. Take care. Bye.